0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the resting place, South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this. Head to trpfamily.org. I know we've been training Christianity. Everything has to be like a performance and this needs to look this way. And this needs to look that way. And I'm in my father's house. I'm just in my dad's house. You know, religion religion didn't um, save me. God saved me. It wasn't church that touched my life and transformed my life. My testimony is churches were running me out because they didn't know how to handle someone like me. See, my testimony was too big or too crazy or too wild for traditional people. So I was run out and run out and run out. And you can't give that story here. You can't give that testimony here. Or you're just too wild. You're just too joyful. You speak too much. You shout too much. You do too much. You're too excited. I'm like, because I was on my way to hell. And Jesus saved me. I was about to end my life. And he met me in my brokenness. Do you not understand what unspeakable joy means? Sometimes there's not going to be words to describe what God has done. So a lot of us, are not us, sorry, some, except me, because I'm not a professional Christian. I'm in love with my father. I'm in love with the lover of my soul. He heard my cry when I was in the miry pit. He put his hand and pulled me out. The king of glory, the king that was clean and perfect, decides to put his beautiful, precious, holy hands in mud. He who knew no sin didn't take your sin, became your sin. What? I was in church my whole life. Never heard that one. It's like, What do you mean you became my sin? He's like, nothing is going to separate us. Sin was the thing separating us. Give me sin. He consumed sin. He consumed death. Death and hell were separating us. And he goes from kingdom glory through earth, through time. He goes from eternity through time to enter dark eternity to get the keys. His traveling experience, this journey we're going through on earth is nothing to his experience. Because he went from heaven to earth to hell, back to earth, back to heaven. I'm telling you, you got you to gotta know what you're reading. So I don't have how to preaching. I'm just going to release whatever comes in my spirit, which is wonderful because I'm in my father's house. Do you practice what you're going to talk to your mom about when you go to your house? Like, well, I'm going to have a meeting with my mother, and these are the points we're going to cover. Hi, mother, how are you doing? This was just, no, right? Is that, come up, just sit right there, right? You hungry? You hungry? Because I'm making a meal. So you can't make a program, especially, you better not, you better go hungry, to your father's house. So when you come to your father's house, come hungry. I know some people are like, this is too free. There's too much joy. Exactly. What you think heaven is like? Too much joy. Let me tell you that now. Too much joy. Do you think you're going to stand there elegantly like, well, I'm a queen now. <laughs> Praise me now. No, no, no. You're going to drop like it's hot because it's hot. The glory is hot. You're going to be like, what? I can't even, I got to heaven and I'm laying there for a, a million years. Yes. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just, I'm going to be prancing on the streets of gold. I should totally play the song I made. I have a song I made when God took me to heaven. It's called Dancing in the Streets of Gold. Made at home at last. <laughs> I can't I don't remember all the words. I was in the spirit, but I got it. I got to record it. Recorded. It's going to be a musical one day. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like like a comedian sometimes. (laughs) Anyways, I feel the joy of the Lord. What do you expect? I didn't come depressed. I was depressed. And he healed my depression. Now I'm glad. He took my garments of heaviness. And he gave me garments of praise. So how can you expect me not to praise when I'm wearing garments of praise? When you encounter the love of God, the only thing you're going to do is praise. How do you expect me to be sad when he took my sadness and gave me gladness? All I have is gladness. So let's be glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't say re- doesn't say depressed and sad in it. Weep and sad. No, He took your tears of sadness, and He's giving you joy and laughter and healing. We used to sing it when we were young in in, in school in church. You know, there's joy that I got. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. Maybe I'm aging myself. That was just in the 90s. That's not that long ago. The kids are here like, that's a long time. I wasn't born. You know, like, but that really was not that long ago. Oh, I got a joy like a river, joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul. Oh. I got a joy, 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 joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul. You know that that wasn't just a song. That somebody made up. Somebody had an encounter with the glory of God. And they came from glory. And they were like, I got to do it. And they brought a song from heaven to earth. I'm telling you. How do you think people, worshipers get songs? They just, I'm going to just make up a song? You think you got that kind of power? You think you're awesome? You could sing about heaven and not know what heaven is? Come on. You think the Bible was written by people that did not experience glory? When God took me to glory and I saw that his word was literal. What do you mean his word is literal? Let's get it right. Not physical literal. Spirit literal. Before physical, there was spirit. So everything came from spirit. So when you go into spirit dimension, then you're going to be like, what? You thought it meant this here. But when you get there, you're going to be like, there's streets of gold for real? You think there's a metaphor? I know some preachers told you it's a metaphor. No, I'm going home. And I'm walking in the streets of gold. And I'm going to go get baptized in the sea of glass. It's not metaphors. We interpret them as metaphors because everything we see in this room, this is the metaphor. You think this is who you are? You think you are this person that struggles with depression? You think you're this person that struggled and gone through sins and recklessness? No, you're not. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people that's been acquired by God. You're going through this journey, and it looks like you're broken. But where did you come from? You came from your father's house. Jesus said, I came looking for that, and I came seeking for that which is lost. How can something be lost if it was never there in the first place? Oh, this this, this wasn't mine. This wasn't mine. This was. If this was never here and it was always here, then why would I call it lost? Do you ever go looking for something that's not yours? Do you ever go looking for something that you had there, but it's no longer there? You're like, where's my pen? I know I have my pen right there. You ever lost something? Where's my wallet? I know I have my wallet. Where is it? And what do you do when you lose your wallet? What do you do when you lose your keys? Blame your husband. Blame your husband. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for this great example. (laughs) That's what some Christians do. They blame the Lord. (laughs) No, you go looking for it. Where's my keys? I'm going to find my keys. I'm going to find my keys. Oh, my pen, my marker. Oh, here it is. Let me put it back where it belongs. Let me restore it. See, Jesus came looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth. He came looking for that which was lost. And he came to restore it. Not to store it. You see, when you buy something new, you store it. But when it was always yours, you restore it. You put it back in its original place. You put it back into an original standing. Jesus came to restore you. You didn't know you were lost, but he knew you were lost. So he came to put you back in your place. He said, no, this is where you belong. You don't. What are you doing? I heard him in Spanish right now. What are you doing over here? I didn't say this. I said this. I'm putting you back in your place. Listen to me because I'm speaking spirit right now. The Lord says I'm putting you back in your place. I'm bringing you back. I know you got lost, but I went looking for you, and I found you, and I'm putting you back. There's a parable Jesus speak, spoke about. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who had, I think, ten drachmas, right? Her drachma, golden coin. See, for God, you're a golden coin. I don't believe the I don't believe they're parables, because Peter asks Jesus a question. He says, "Why do you speak to these people in parables?" He says, "To you, you have been given the right to know the mysteries." But they have ears and cannot hear. They have eyes and cannot see. He wasn't talking about idols. He was talking about people that can't hear. He was talking about people that can't see. Not in the physical, obviously. They were hearing and seeing in the physical. They had ears in the spirit and couldn't hear what God was saying. They had eyes in the spirit and couldn't see what God was saying. God was saying, there is a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a woman. In this story, he's the woman. She had 10 golden coins and she lost one in the house. You know that people could be in the house. You could be coming to church and still be lost. You could be in church and not know your worth. You could be in church and not know his promises for you. You could be in church and still be thinking that God is evil, that God is bad, that God is playing with your emotions, and that God is ready to destroy you. But he said, I know the plans that I have for you. They're not plans to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. They're plans to bless you. That's how he talks. I heard the Lord. I heard his voice. Religion had me shaking. Oh, God sounds like thunder. No, God's not Zeus. God is the lover of your soul. God is the one that will lay down his life for you. He is the one that says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Oh, man, if you got to hear his voice. You're going to be like, I was wrong. See, I'm a pastor. I was wrong. I was raised Pentecostal. I was wrong. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of 13. I was wrong. I went to Bible school. Oh, I was wrong, and they were wrong too. Because they taught me of a God of fear, a God of destruction. If you don't do, and if you don't do, and if you don't do, I'll smite you, and I'll send you to hell, and I'll destroy you, and I'll never look at you. And then I met Jesus. He's like, you fell? Seven times you messed up? You messed up seven times? Seven times I'm going to raise you up. You sinned against me 77 times 7. Then seventy times times 7 I will forgive you. Jesus will never ask of you something he will not be willing to do himself. He did it first so we could follow. His word is a lamp unto my feet. The word is not a book. The word is a man. The word is spirit. The word is creator. In the beginning was the word. See, I thought in the beginning was the Bible. No, in the beginning was the word. The word wrote the Bible. And that's just some of his words, not all of his words. He only gave us what we need on earth. And forevermore, we'll discover the glory forevermore. I mean his mercies are new every day. We go from glory to glory. You ever experienced glory from glory to glory? We can we can't even handle one service with glory. Oh my God, church, was amazing. I'm never going back for a year. Bro, sit down. Wait, I experienced the glory. You're still gossiping. Did you really experience the glory? You're still plotting against your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're still murmuring and complaining and nagging? And you experience the glory. Oh, the glory's here. Let's miss the service. We got to go. Oh, bro. No, 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 no. You see, when the glory comes in the building, we all will be laid out. It just depends how much level of glory we allow to flow in. You want a drop? You got to drop. You want the ocean? Jump in. I want the ocean. Deepness calling the deep. I'm going to go as deep as it goes, and it goes on forever. And just goes, and I'm just—I'm not, as you can see, I don't have anything prepared. I'm just trusting God in whatever it is that you need to hear and what I need to hear. Speak, Lord, speak, speak. Why does it have to be anything else but Daddy? What do you want to tell your people? You know, as you can—I think I already quoted like 50 verses. Maybe you don't know the Bible, but I quoted them. It's not saying Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Thus says the Lord, I know the plans that I have for you; they're not plans to harm you. That's not you going. You you saying the number and the chapter has no power. Well, I rebuke you in the name of Psalm twenty three. Fear, Psalm twenty three. Go away, fear, Psalm twenty three. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Get away. No. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup is overflowing even though I feel like I'm dying. Even though like I feel like I'm dried up. You said I'm overflowing? Then I don't care why I see in the natural. I am overflowing. Let every man be a lie, but God is the truth. I know my word. His word is my shield. His word is my sword. See, now, I don't use the sword against my brothers. I use the shield to protect them. I use the sword against the devil. I use the sword against depression. I use the sword against everything that's trying to rise itself up before the knowledge of God. Because what God said, that's what is. I am not depressed. I am full of joy. I am not sick, but I am healed. Because by his stripes I am healed. Jesus did not come to punish you. The chastisement of your peace, the punishment for your peace went upon him. So why will he punish you if he took your punishment so you could have peace? What does it mean? You, you know when you did something wrong? You're like, mommy's going to get home. She's going to beat me. Oh, my God. She's going to beat me. I'm gonna. You ever went through that? I went through that. Come on. Oh, if I go to church, the church is going to catch on fire. I'm going to catch on fire. I'm going to melt. I'm going to hell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, when God gets me, he's going to wreck me. And he says, I paid the price. Be at peace. Don't worry. That punishment you were going to get, that whooping that you deserve, I took it for you. Because I love you that much. So that's why depression shouldn't be beating you up. That's why anxiety shouldn't be touching you. That's why worthlessness and suicide should not be coming around you. Because he already took that beating. You're not going to get beat. Because he took the beating. By his stripes you were healed. Disease came like like an ogre. Like a monster. Disease came to cut you, and Jesus got in the way. And the enemies were throwing lashes in his back and You gotta see this in the spirit. You only see the story in the cross. You need to say, God, give me spirits to give me eyes of the spirit to see what you really did on that cross. Because you will see the not people, but the principalities ruling those people beating him on that cross. You would have seen sin and death at the cross site. Uh, beating jesus demonic forces beating jesus on that cross and he's like you're not gonna touch them you're not gonna touch them father forgive them father pardon them i'm standing in the way i'm paying the price you're not gonna touch god's children anxiety you're not gonna touch my daughter depression you're not gonna touch my son suicide and death you're not gonna touch my brothers and sisters i'm taking it all because i'm powerful enough to go to the grave and come back nobody in humanity could ever go to the grave and come back but he has authority in the heavens he has authority on earth and he has authority even in hell he does he took it. So why disease will come? It's not your portion. Why would depression come? It's not your portion. Those are lying voices trying to make you doubt that his work is not finished. His work is finished. And you need need to decide it is finished. You You are the truth. 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 And I'm gonna fix my eyes on truth, not true Allah, truth, the man. Fix your eyes on the man, on the Son of God, on the Lamb of God that takes the sins of the world away. I'm sinful. I'm wrong. Confess it. Come to me. Lord, I'm dirty. When you, when you come to Jesus, what you're saying is, I am dirty. I've sinned. Who hasn't sinned in this room? I'm the pastor. I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. And I've failed. But he paid the price for me. The reason that I'm pastoring is because he loves me. The reason I'm alive, I should have been dead t- since 1997. You see, this guy, you know, um, yesterday I went to a, a birthday party and I met my friend's father. He's like, you, you must must have had a really good life. He goes, you have this peace that's coming out of you. He's like, you must come from a rich family. You must come, and I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. He's like, your life must have been perfect. The lady said, you know, it's just the glory of God. It's the glory of God right here. The glory of God right here, not here. Here, like a veil, like a mantle in front of me that makes me look beautiful. Beautiful. It, it makes me look like I know what I'm talking about. But I do. Because I experience his love. I'm not telling you theology. I'm not a theologian. That's how I feel. Well, I'm not a teacher. I'm an evangelist. <laughs> that pastors. Lord behold. See, I believe in the word. I believe in the I just don't believe in what man has made of it. Degrees and certificates. Oh, we're so knowledgeable about the theologies and philosophies and philanthropies of God. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. I hear some of them and I vomit in my mouth. I'm like, you dishonor my father. You make formulas of his love. You make formulas and equations of his kindness and mercy. You create dogmas of his sacrifice when it was simple love when he saw somebody broken he's like you know that he he knew us those that he foreknew he knew us before we even know he knew us and he goes look at my queens and daughters he created holy people and the lies of the devil came and made us slaves And we're born into this world as slaves. I'm a nobody. Nobody loves me. But when God created your spirit, he created a queen. When God created your spirit, he created light. And somehow you got caught in darkness and allowed darkness to get in you. And you begin to believe the lies that you were worthless. But when God came to earth, why do you think he chose those disciples? Why those specifically? He knew them. When he spoke to um, Nathaniel, right? Nathaniel came. He's like, Oh, I saw you when you were praying by the by the fig tree. Right? But when you go into Aramaic, the word fig means crib. I knew you since you were in the crib. Like he told Jeremiah, before I knew, you, before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were in your mother's belly. I called you as a prophet to the nation. Here you were a spirit, and God said, you will go to earth, and you will be a prophet. And then you whoop, cocoon into time, go into belly, and forget everything he told you. it into your spirit. And you walk life as a slave, not knowing who you are. And he says, I'm coming for you. You will go through time, but I'm going to meet you at a very specific, tragic moment in your life. I'm going to come in and say, hey. I remember the covenant. You're like, I don't know you. But if you've encountered Jesus, I encountered Jesus. When Jesus showed up, I was like, I know you. I know you. When Jesus came for me, I didn't act like I didn't know Jesus. I was like, Lord. And I started talking to Jesus like I knew Jesus before. And I couldn't understand, why did I talk to Jesus like I knew him from before? And he started showing me. He was like, you were always mine. Like, this doesn't even make sense right now. My brain hurts. <laughs> He'll blow your mind away. You're like, Amen. really? Oh, this is church? I hated church. Church hurt me. I was away from church for two and a half years. In January 7 11, Jesus came for me. In my sin, I wasn't fasting, I wasn't praying, I wasn't walking holy and righteous and perfect. I was in sin. and then Jesus my room lit up like now now and that's what i told them i was like lord this is what, this is what i wanted when i used to be in church when i used to fast when i used to pray this is what i wanted he's like i know and he was so gentle so radiant and so kind he's like i know i'm like then why did your people hurt me why did your people come against me why did your people try to steal the word and listen why did your people Even in the spirit, I couldn't say they were not his people. I realized that even though people hurt me, they were still his people. Even though they betrayed me, they're his kids. Because I betrayed him. Because I failed him. Because I rejected him. Because I disobeyed him. Because I ran the other way. And he still came for me. Jesus didn't only come for Peter. Jesus came for Abraham. In my grave, Jesus came, and He spoke life. And then He said, "I want to touch you." No, no, I remember. I never. People have told me to shut up on making stories. I said, "I will never stop speaking this story." Oh no, no, no! But you, need- I will never stop speaking this story. Never. Even in this room, I want you to know that I will never. I want all my leaders to know that I will never stop speaking of the one that loved me first. I am his devout servant for the rest of my life. Listen to me. I'm not claiming I'm perfect. I'm claiming that in the good and in the bad, in successes and victories, but also in sin and in failure, I'm going to call on his name. I'm just going to call on his name. I don't know what life is going to bring. It's going to bring challenges. I don't know if I'll handle them all right. But I know something. That even when I mess up, God, I need you. God, I need you. Or I could be all glory anointing. And I'll stand in front of their faces and go, God, I need you. God, I need more of you. I want all of you. But since you are eternal, all I could say is I want more of you. Because you keep expanding and you keep growing and you keep going. So I want more of you. And if you expand throughout eternity, then throughout eternity I shall follow. Then throughout eternity I shall walk. That's it. This will come and go. People will love you today and hate you tomorrow, but God will love you forevermore. And he said, I want to touch you. I said, No, I didn't think I didn't think I didn't think you were gonna come like this. I was like, I thought you were gonna touch me when I was holding anointing, when I was preaching and prophesying, when I was fasting. And a lot of us, you think that, you know, my praying, my fasting, my seeking him in the good times, prepared the way for that dark moment in my life. When I was so far from God, and then I discovered that God was so close to me, that he had never left me. I want to touch you. Not like this, God, I'm a sinner, i am failed you. That's exactly how I want you. It's not exactly how he'll keep you, but it's exactly how I want you. Do you take a car to the mechanic and it stays broken? Do you go to the doctor and stay sick? No. That's his job is to fix you. It's his job to heal you. See, you went through, you went through because you thought you were going to fix yourself. And God had to show you that you didn't have the power to fix yourself, but that he had the power. To heal you, restore you, not just once, not just twice, but 70 times seven. Just renewing you, restoring you every single time. It's like I just got a new car and I got a membership at a car wash. Every time my car gets dirty, I'm like, let's go to the car wash. It was really funny. This week, my car was dirty. And I felt the Lord telling me, take it to the car wash. I'm not going to go. I'm driving in front of the car wash. You know what happens right in front of the car wash? I'm not going to go. I'm going past it. Really big, really wide, bird poop. I'm t- it wasn't a little one. It was a giant yellow big one, you know, like all over right there in front of me. And I just burst it out in laughter. I was like, ah! God was telling me. Like, I knew it was God. I don't know why he wanted me to go to the car wash. <laughs> right in front, I'm like, nah, leave it. U-turn. <laughs> and I'm just laughing in the car. My friend's like, you're laughing. I was ministering to somebody. I was like, oh, Bert, just grabbed on my car. He's like, and you're laughing? I was like, because God was telling me to go to the car wash. And he was telling I'll go home. Anyway, I'm like, how did that happen? You know? I pulled in. I, started, I just pulled the window down. It was such a perfect time to evangelize. Cause there's a lady there, she gives you a little like air freshener, and I'm like, let me tell you the funniest thing that just happened, and I just start telling her about God, and I use that whole story just to tell her about God. She starts laughing hysterically. She's like, I've never heard a story like this. I'm like, it happened. Look at the crap right there, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, and it was nasty big. It was just like, it was like I had to go. It wasn't like a little one that I could go later and fix it. It was blurring my vision, you know? And I'm just like, what? I know, he's taking the mic to say that. Why not? Like, I'm just saying, God just orders our steps, you know? This morning, I had to get cups, and I'm running late. And God's like, go to Publix, this Publix. I'm like, that Publix. Why can't I just go to Walmart, you know? But I'm like, I'm going to trust his voice. I go to Walmart. They didn't even have the cups that I wanted, the ones with the little designs that we get. So I got, like, regular ones, foam ones. And I'm like, Lord, they don't even have the ones I want. But I feel like I heard you. And it almost felt like this moment of uncertainty. And as I'm going to go to the register because I'm going to be late to church and I got to be here for the team meeting. All of a sudden, a lady walks by me. She walks this way. He goes, tell her I'm with her. And I look back. She keeps going. He said, go after her. Like, I'll be late to church, but I got to tell her. (laughs) And I go after the lady. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, miss. Yeah, she goes, yeah. I was like, you just walked by me. And as you walked by me, I heard God. And God said, everything's going to be all right. He's going to work it out for you. She starts to cry. She's like, oh, my God, I needed that right now. I'm going through stuff with my mother. I was like, well, the Lord says, thank you for honoring your mother. And because you honor your mother, you're going to live a long life. And I just start releasing the promises. Of God, she's like, I need to hug you. She just hugs me. And I lay hands on her. And I just start praying for her right there in the name of Jesus. She walks away red, crying like, you know. And then I go back. There's a man packing some cakes. And then I'm like, excuse me, sir. And he's just like, oh, my God, thank you. And then I go. And I go to the register. And I'm like, can I tell you something? I hear God. And he says, boom. She's like, thank you so much. And then he goes, this is why I needed you to come get the cups. The cups are vessels. There's cups in publics that I needed to speak to and declare life over those cups. That's what God wanted me to do. Then I went crazy on Facebook. I did a crazy, I went in revival mode before I got here. I was like, what is your excuse? I hear a lot of Christians saying, well, I'm not called to evangelize. Yes, you are. You're just looking at evangelism the wrong way. You were called to take the good news everywhere you go. If this is the only place I have good news, then I'm wrong. I I will quit right now. Because I'm not keeping up with tradition. I don't care about tradition. Tradition doesn't bring life. Jesus brings life. Tradition doesn't bring hope. Routine doesn't bring hope. Jesus brings hope. I couldn't stand here and talk to you about go evangelize and minister. I'm saying use your gift to touch people's hearts wherever you go. You could... Sing to somebody in the middle of this street who said you can't. The word of God says, I can do all things through Christ that strength. If you sing here for me, in my church, but you don't dare sing to a stranger. I know what I'm telling you because I done done it. Just last year, I was walking in River Walk. Nobody was coming. I'm like, hi. I heard the Lord. The Lord says, they're like, hey, you're beautiful. Oh, my God, I needed to hear that. Excuse me, I hear God saying you're gonna make it. That's how I go. I just go, it's good news, good news, good news. God loves you. They're like, what? They're like, yeah, break out of your matrix. Listen to the word of the Lord. And people always say the same thing I needed that right now. I needed that. We were raised in church and you're like, I don't know if they need this right now. If love is speaking to you and love is always on time, then let me tell you something. That thought to love, to encourage, to empower somebody in the middle of the street is not coming from you and it's definitely not coming from the devil. The devil tells you keep going. They're not going to believe you. Don't waste your time. They're addicted. They're broken and they're never going to make it out. Don't give that man no dollar. He wants it for drugs. They're playing with everybody. But you see, but God is testing your heart, not their heart. Is that all you think when you see a broken person? Not all of them are addicted. Not all of them them are taking advantage of people. Just like not everybody in church is worshiping. Okay, not everybody in church is praying. Stop generalizing. And let God use you regardless if they're evil. He says, I want the wicked to repent. Even the wicked, I want to show them mercy. I want them to let go of their wickedness. So instead of judging the wicked... Why don't you bring life to the wicked? And maybe, I tell people sometimes, like, I don't even know what you want this for. But I'm telling you, he loves you. And I look right into their soul like this. I look right into their eyes. And I release a prophetic word. And they start crying. But like, oh, my God. Nobody's looked in my eyes. They know. Nobody's ever sat down with me and spoke to me like this. Nobody's ever given, can I give you a hug? I know people say, no, I stink. I don't care. Can I hug you? You know that I was stinky, and Jesus still hugged me? So why would I say you're stinky? I can't touch it. Oh, God, let the pride go. Because this is spirit. It's spirit. It's loving people. It's meeting people in their broken place. And it brings healing, and it brings life. It brings restoration. It works wonders when you understand that you're doing it. So I remember that day in Riverwalk. I was walking. And I heard the Lord, and he said, the next person coming down the street speaks Spanish. I want you to sing to them. There was nobody. The river walk was empty. I'm just walking. There's nobody. He said, the next one coming speaks Spanish. And you think you're crazy, like you're making things up, like you're making stories up in your head. Like, I should just be a movie star, like, like not a movie star, but I should be like writing scripts and movies because they're really good, you know? And then it, this man comes, and I'm like, "¿Usted habla español?" which means, do you speak Spanish? He goes, yeah. I was like, well, Jesus is right here. I know you don't see him. He's really tall. He's looking at me like, you're crazy, right? And then I go, and he told me that the next person coming down the street speaks Spanish. You speak Spanish. And he told me that I'm supposed to sing to them. Can I sing to you? (laughs) He's like, sure. This was not that bad. There was another time he did it with thugs. Oh, God. There's a bunch of thugs. He's like, sing to the thugs. I'm like, Father God. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they were touched. They're like, preach. They start confessing. Oh, you know, I've just been addicted to this and that. I'm like, a song? Did all this? <laughs> like one song. they so like, I just need to tell you that. Uh, they saw me be vulnerable. They were vulnerable. So I'll sing it in English. And, I, and But it, it's a Spanish song, but I'll sing it in English. And then I looked at him. I go, My father, he loves me. And I can feel it, my father, he loves me, and I love him too, with all of my mind and heart, with all of my soul and my strength, I will sing a song of love. To the King of Kings, with all of my heart and strength, with all of my soul and my heart, I will sing a song of love to the King of Kings. He goes, This is amazing. And I go, Why? He goes, I just moved here from Salvador. I don't know anybody. I haven't spoken to one person all day. And the first person that talks to me sings to me. Everything's going to work out. And he left. And I'm like, what? That was awesome. That was awesome. And then people think you're crazy or high or something. You're high on Jesus. You're just like, oh, my God, you're really good. Let's do it again. And I, I walked down the street. I'm like, oh, Lord, this is so cool to just touch people's lives, to shock them with reality of the love of God. You know, people, pay attention to people. Go to New York, Jesus Christ. People are like zombies. You're like, hey, where do you come from? I was standing here the whole time. They think you're an invisible angel moving around. I'm like, you're blind. I was here. How do you know so much about me? I was watching you. I see your face. You're lost. You're hopeless. You're depressed. And I need to tell you about God. And God did that with me years ago at a club. I was partying and I started crying. And then I was in the club. Why am I here? Why is it that Christians hurt me? And then I end up back in the club. I don't want to be in the club. But I end up here. You know why? Because we were all created for community. So if you get hurt here, you're going to go there, you're going to go somewhere. It's easy to blame the addicted. It's easy to uh, blame the people that are in sin. But you don't realize you didn't create relationship with them. You don't realize that you didn't speak life to them. You saw them walk by. You judged their habits. But you didn't make a way where there was no way. You didn't open a door where there was no door. Why do you think we know this goodness? To keep it to ourselves so we can prosper, so we can be amazing, so we can be glorious and let them die? Is that what Jesus did with you? Did Jesus see you in your sin? Did Jesus see you in your filth? Did Jesus see you in your brokenness and left you there? Did Jesus leave you in your depression and in your anxiety and brokenness and just leave you there? Because that's not what David said. I cried out to the Lord. I cried out to the Lord. And he pulled me out of the mighty pit. And no longer you live. But Christ lives in you. So the works that Christ does, you could do. And even mightier ones. He said, in my name, you'll do greater things. He's not in the name of Jesus. No, no. In the name of Jesus, I walk. In the name of Jesus, I talk because I know who Jesus is. See, a lot of people are going in the name of Jesus. In the way it don't work. And then you see, if you're praying and not acting it out, then you're missing the point. It's beyond the power of your tongue. He called the body, he didn't call the tongue. We need hands. We we need tongues in the body, but we need hands in the body. We need feet in the body. We need knees in the body. We need arms in the body. We need heart in the body. We need throat and mouth and eyes and ears in the body. It's not in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. It does nothing happen. Because if you're calling on his name but you're not moving in the action, faith without action is death. And I'm not cursing you. I'm telling you nothing's going to happen. If you're not moving in the direction God called you to move in so you could pray and pray and pray. But if you don't obey, then what do you get? Nothing. You pray and you go. Jesus didn't say when Isaiah saw the glory of God, on the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the glory of God. That's how it is. People read it. In the year that King you died, die, I saw the glory of the Lord. The angels lift the temple and cry, Holy, 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 holy. The whole earth is full of His glory. Now, Go to drama class. Go to English literature class and learn how to read. Le- reading is not, Mary had a little lamp. Mary had a little lamp. Put the accents where they go, put the dynamic where they go, and you will understand the message. Jesus is not monotone. Jesus is not monotone. He's the creator. Let there be light. It wasn't like, let there be light. Let's create men in our image. I, I, when I read those scriptures, I see him excited. If you're an artist, when I draw, and this sister's, oh, my God, I saw her artwork. I'm like, Jesus, I want to draw like that. You know? I just saw her stuff. I'm inspired to get better. But when you get an idea of God, like, ooh, I have an idea for a Painting. And I'm gonna color this and I'm gonna color that. And I'm gonna you get excited, right? Have you seen an artist, or a person that writes lyrics? They're like, mm, no. They're excited. Oh, I hear this melody and I'm gonna compose this melody. I hear a sound that I need to bring. I need a piece of art that I need to bring. The creator part of you gets excited because we were created to create. We were. So an artist is like, oh, I see the colors. I envision them and, they, and they're like, oh, it's beautiful. This is good. And then they go back. You have to see Jesus as an artist. Read Genesis as an artist with his canvas. Oh, the canvas was black. When he took me to the glory, that's what he showed me. I didn't see creation like something else. I saw him a black canvas. It was dark and messy. And then he just starts painting earth, light, let there be light. And every day he took a step back. Mm, this is good. He goes back to his canvas. Oh, let's make the animals. Oh, let's make the flowers in the field and the trees. For a day, he looks, oh, this is good. He goes back. And then the last day, oh, I'm missing one thing in this canvas. I will call it man. And that painting comes alive. You think he was non-excited? You think he was monotone with colors? How can you be monotone with colors? Cannot. It's colors. He's bringing colors and dynamics to this. He took a black canvas and created life. On the last day, he grabs a cup of coffee. He sits back on his couch. He says, now I'm going to watch my piece of art. And he's still resting in that place, watching that whole piece of art come together, develop. That's what we are. So if that's what he is, why would we read his word like it's dead, like it's not alive? His scriptures are songs. His scripture is heavenly secrets that are most beautiful thing you could ever hear. David knew. That's why David couldn't stop singing. He's like, oh my God, another song. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. He has crowned me with love and mercy, He has kissed my heart with forgiveness. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are here. I'm telling you, when you go into that glory realm, it's like, The word is alive it's color it's dreams, the most beautiful dreams so when we read his word when we speak his word and we speak it in the right tone something happens you could tell me right now if just by me saying scriptures are you not visualizing or is it like no, I know everybody's brain in this room is activated maybe like, I've never seen beauty like this this man is crazy I am, I'm telling you now I am crazy because Jesus touched me. Jesus touched me. And he brought light and beauty where there was no light and beauty. I lived in darkness. You know, for those that are in darkness, light seems crazy. You know that for those that are sleeping, music bothers. Light bothers for those that are asleep. So I tell you, wake ye up. Wake you up. Because I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> You're going to wake up with me. Because he woke me up for a reason. Amen? Amen? But do you feel the joy of the Lord? Amen. Do you feel the peace of God? Do you feel the presence of God? Or do you feel like you need to go strive? Or do you feel like, mm, I think I could go do something today? I would challenge all of you to go bless somebody that you don't even know. Just pull over and be like, I just want to bless you. I dare you. Try it. It's not going to fail. Be like, God, who? God's going to be like that one. Just be like, I just, I just want to bless you. I just want to sing a song. I just want to give you an offering. I want to buy you lunch. Come, let's buy you lunch. Don't even give them a choice. Just be like, Follow me. I'm buying you lunch. They're like, really? Are you going to buy me lunch? And then as they're eating, the secret is make them eat. Because you know when people are eating, they can't use their mouth because they're already using their mouth to eat. As they're stuffing their mouth, be like, let me tell you about the love of God. This is why I'm doing this. Don't ever look at me. And they're like, don't you ever forget that he is with you. He's for you. He's gonna do this. He's gonna do that. And they're like, "Oh my God, I'm never gonna. Do this. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna believe." <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not making up stories. I've lived it. People always get shy, Like they don't think. They think you gotta go with a pitchfork and a sign that's gonna say, "Repent, for you will burn." Repent, for you will burn. It is the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the love of God that will lead a man to repentance. If you think your rules and your demeanor, and I'm gonna just shame you enough. So you will repent, I'm telling you to your face, boldly, with the authority of heaven, you're wrong. You're completely wrong because it's the kindness of God. It is the fact that while we were sinners, he loved us first. And that because he loved me, I want want to let go of all these bad things and I want to go for the good. The only one that's good. The only one that's faithful. You see, I tried it all. I'm 43. If I want to live the way I want to live, I could live the way I want to live. And you ain't going to tell me nothing about it. I'm 43. I'm pretty grown. I take care of my parents. I'm pretty grown. When you get to life and you're taking care of your parents, you're grown. So you see, I'm not doing it because I'm afraid of hell. What I do, I do because I'm in love. Because I don't want to live without him. I don't want to go back to the nightmares. I used to dream of nightmares, have um sleep paralysis all the time, which sleep paralysis are demons trying to bind you. Constantly back to back to back, afraid to go to sleep. I used to sleep with the light on. Now I'm like, click, click, let's go. I'm going to have dreams of heaven. I'm going to dream with God tonight. I look forward to it. I lay in bed and I sing to him. And even when life is hard, because I'm not telling you life is perfect. My mom has gone through cancer. I have lost family. My brother just passed away in November. I stood with my brother and saw him die. And yet in the middle of those things, the peace and presence that God My brother was in a coma for a week, and I said, God, if he would just roll his eyes down and not know know that he is not alone. And I stood there in the room with my brother holding his hand, crying, and singing to my brother. And his eyes rolled down, and he looked at me. And I was like, I know you can't speak, but you're about to go to God. I want you to know I love you. And I stood there. I saw my aunt pass, and I said, Auntie, you're about to meet him. If you see the light, just go to the light. Go, just run to the light. And she rose from her coma. She said, God, I'm ready. And she passed. So I'm not here entertaining you. I'm here telling you the truth that I have lived. I've lived it. I even drew it. I drew this. I'm not a perfect artist. But we were in the hospital. And I knew I saw her spirit jump into the hand of God. I saw the hand of God come down. A big hand come down. And I saw her spirit jump. Fifteen minutes after I drew this, my aunt passed. Fifteen, exactly fifteen minutes. I finished this at 5.18 p.m. And at 5.33 p.m., she took her last breath on earth. But I knew what I saw. I knew that God saved her. And I said, God, thank you. When I went to her room and she was gone. I knelt at my knees and all I did was say thank you because you saved her. Because she didn't believe in you, but she gave your, her life to you at the end. And she went to heaven. She visited me, my dreams. She said, everything you preach is the truth. So keep preaching. She didn't believe me on earth, but she believed me when she got there. And that's why I preach and God said, I didn't have a church. Churches didn't want me. But God said, You're gonna move to Florida and I'm gonna make you a pastor. You're gonna your mom is not gonna die from cancer. My, I thought my mom was gonna die. And God said she's not gonna die. And I had to hold on to the promise that God said she wasn't gonna die. My mom is cancer free. Okay, that was 2014. It's already been eight years, okay? I know the day is going to come that she's going to have to go. But he kept his promise. And it's about his promise. It's about his faithfulness. It's about his goodness. It's not about me because I could care less. Before I was like, I don't care what people, before I was like, I don't care what people think about me. And now I'm like, I don't care what people think about me. I still don't care. But now I don't care enjoy <laughs> attitude about it. Now I was like, I don't care. I don't care because I met Jesus. Because I've encountered his love. Because I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders, and I and I've seen people pass away too. And I chose to just hold their hand until the last moment. I say, go, go, wait for me at the door. They're like, you're crazy. I'm like, watch. What I know they're waiting, and it's gonna be like a blink of an eye, like, ooh, that was over, never again. I said, The Lord, I already told the Lord, I don't know what you're gonna do in eternity, I don't know if one day you'll create another earth. I'm not going, I'm gonna going live in his pocket. He has a pocket, and I said, I claim the pocket. I'm telling you, I'm not even playing. You have no idea how serious. I know it sounds funny. It sounds ridiculous. I've cleaned the pocket. You're going to go to Like, I want a pocket. No, Abraham took it. <laughs> he has a lot of pockets, but I want to live in his pocket. I'm like, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. And I know for the religious, it sounds ridiculous. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not mad at you. Because one day you're going to see the goodness too. And we're going to laugh about it. You're like, oh, my God, I didn't even believe you then. I'm like, but you believe me now. <laughs> And we'll go to the street to gold and just dance and praise the lord i've seen it i'm i'm counting the days i preach because i see people lost i see people without hope but i know that they are a royal priesthood i know that they are a holy nation i know that they are a peculiar people chosen by god to announce the virtues of the one that brought us from darkness into marvelous light see how much sense that makes I'm like, oh, yeah, we were in darkness, and now we live in light. So why not tell people about the light? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.